0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Charting Queer Health, a podcast at the intersection of queer culture, healthcare, and research. On behalf of Howard Brown Health in Chicago, as always, I'm your host, Matt Leske. I'm a cis-white gay man, a Chicago resident, but most importantly, I have the incredible opportunity to sit down with various experts from across our organization and across our community to learn from their expertise, amplify their stories and voices, and advance the conversation surrounding queer healthcare. Joining me today is Jalen. Jalen, thank you for coming. Um, Would you mind introducing yourself, what pronouns you prefer to use,
1: uh, and kind of telling us uh, what you do day to day? Yeah, thanks for having me. I am Jalen. That's my government name, my God-given name, but I go by um, Boy J. Um, My pronouns are he, him, and um, I'm a go-go boy for those that are like outside of the gay spectrum. Um but if you're inside the gay spectrum, um I like to identify myself as like a male presenting drag queen. Um so yeah, performer by night. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I think my the
0: first time I saw you anywhere was at probably at the river. Okay, yeah, that's um, my bar. and I th-
1: I think they I think they labeled you as a go go there. Yeah, there I mostly do go go work. Okay. That's kinda like my um My, like, where I do go-go work now, that's mainly where I'm at. It's just the river. Just river.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, because we kind of talked about this before we started recording, I'm really fascinated uh, with kind of the different nuances with how different performers label themselves within the first scene. Because you have, uh, you know... Drag queens in a really like strict sense of the word mm-hmm. uh, that like will be feminine presenting. Yeah. But then, like you said, you're uh, a male presenting drag queen because I because I was like explaining to you the episode. I was like, oh, it's go go, and you're like, well, I don't really do like strict go go-go. go. What what led you to kind of landing in this niche
1: of masculine presenting drag queen? Um, drag I king started no, out queen. as like just solely go going, mm-hmm. and I just love dancing and just love like the essence of just being able to capture someone's attention, like subliminally, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what got me into it. Um When I was a go-go, people would just try to get me in drag, try to get me in drag and I would let them, but like I've had some pretty good drag queens paint me and I never liked the way it looked. Like I just never liked the transformation of yeah. being a male and going to female. So I felt like if, anybody was able to just like make my own niche and just do it as a boy i was like well now's the time yeah um rupaul drag race has done such a great job at giving us the the baseline of what drag is but as again it's just baseline there's so many different nuances and ways that you can be a drag queen it's not just about being female or male there's plenty of drag queens out there that are like creature based and like their whole like gig is them just being like different creatures or stuff yeah. like that so like I'm just a small entity into that world gotcha mm-hmm. okay that's mm-hmm. a, a
0: great way of explaining it um cause is is Dracula
1: more that way where it's yeah, more like experimental they're, they're and very like, like not even human based queens yeah. you know what I mean some yeah. of them don't even like to be called queens cause yeah. it's such a different gore and their own version of glamour and polish that they
0: add to yeah. it you know but that's that's awesome that you're able to just kind of carve your own niche and yeah, like, I'm gonna do. I'm good enough to do what I want to do, and that's and the thing.
1: If you're good enough to do whatever you want to do, <laughs> <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do exactly. it. <laughs> when? How long have you been doing this? Um. So I've been doing the combination of both for like three years, probably. The last year and a half I've been just solely performing bass, and I like quit my day job and just like. Took on being a entertainer full-time, which yeah. has been, like, such a blessing in, a, in its own way. I was going to ask yeah. you if this
0: is your full-time job. What were you doing before that? <laughs>
1: before, if you want to tell. <laughs> yeah, before I used to work for this hospitality company called Hogs... Ooh, you're I'm sorry. Called Hogsaw. Um, they have these different type of restaurants and lounges and stuff in West Loop and Miami. And, gotcha. Um, Vegas. So I used to work for their company. I used to do like marketing for them and stuff like that.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. So you weren't uh, like customer facing in that role.
1: Um, I mean, I would see people, but not really. Okay, yeah,
0: because we'll get to it a little bit later on. But I'm kind of <laughs> interested in how performing, especially like in the drag space or go-go space, yeah, is a a little bit like service industry
1: where it you're definitely like definitely is i see it that way because even when i had both jobs and there was a point in time where I first started, I was just a server, and I feel like that was when my go-going like started to pick up. And when I was serving tables, people would recognize me, and I'd be like, okay, please don't say anything like absurd or yeah. wild, because like I got a table right behind you, and I don't want them hearing about like, you spanking my thong or something like that, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I would try to keep the lives very separate.
0: Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. You're touching on a, a lot of stuff that I want to get into, before we do that how how do you get started in this work because it strikes me that i don't ever see like job listings for yeah dancers necessarily like i mean i couldn't go on like linkedin or indeed and find one is what i mean (laughs) i I mean people like promoters or or club owners or something might post on it like instagram or something how did you
1: that's kind of well when i first moved here i had graduated already from purdue university which is in indiana um i would come up here to party news chicago like i needed a big city um, I literally moved here, and first thing I like, boy, saying I already knew. I just in my head went back to the Babylon from Chris Folk, and I was like, I wanted mm. to be one of those cage dancers.
0: Gotcha. So
1: in like the when I first moved here, I would go grab the grabbies, the the what it, that's what they're called, the little gay um magazines that are in front of the clubs, oh, the go yeah. grabs or something like. Yeah. I would grab those, and in the back there would always be like the gay version of classifieds and they would tell you like, Oh, someone needs you for this or stuff like that. So that's how I literally started taking jobs. I saw that the lucky horseshoe was hiring and I auditioned there. And that's a whole nother, (laughs) if you know what the lucky horseshoe is, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a, um, a male based strip club and it gives very like Hollywood strip club vibes. Yeah. So like, yeah, that, that's it's, where I started. That's it's really, where a lot of boys start. Okay, because
0: I there, th- I think one of the only places in Chicago that does like actual strip, yeah, like, more traditional go-go mm-hmm. performances. Um, I've only been in there once, um, mm. but it's yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up. So yeah, you you went by way of like classified. You sought it out. Uh, did you? And for those that aren't familiar, your style of performing is incredibly athletic and you are (laughs) so talented. Did you have a background in like gymnastics or anything? You're just like, let me just quick turn this.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I just always had love for dance. I was a theater gay when I was in like middle school. Okay. Then I went from theater gay to middle school to like jock in high school. So like... It's quite a pivot. Yeah. Right? Like it was kind of, I thought it was pretty, pretty tea. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So after that happened, I just liked dancing. I love club life. Yeah. Originally from North Carolina, I remember like the club scene. We only had one club. It was like 40 minutes away. It was only on Sundays. So like I would just go there and dance the night away. So like when I moved, I thought I would be into like a more positive environment for the gay community. But Indiana is a step backwards. Mm. So when I moved here, I just knew I wanted to dance and yeah. just dance all night. And what better way to get paid to do that was go-going. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So so when you started out,
0: you said it was more like like more traditional go-going. Yeah. And then probably once they realized how talented you were, <laughs> they allow you to do a little bit more. Um, this is may, might seem like a dumb question. Why do you think bars hire go-go dancers?
1: Oh, we're, we're easy. Like you want people to be at the bar. Mm-hmm. it's okay when people are, are in the club but everything happens at the bar so like when you have a hot boy on the bar like they'll just literally sit up there and gaze at you all night and of course they're not going to gaze at you and like not have a drink there at the bar so it's just this rotation of trickle effects we're hot we bring people in to literally be at the bar they pay us and otherwise they're paying the bar to just sit there yeah. and look at us like we're live entertainment
0: yeah, yeah. that makes sense mm-hmm. um what's the hardest part of the job for you? For me personally, I think the hardest
1: part of the job is just... Or in general, you don't have to be personal if you don't Mm -hmm. want to, but... I'll give both. I think the hardest part in general is knowing what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of times people see go-go boys or other go-go boys see other go-go boys, and they see what extremes they'll go. Mm-hmm. And they think they either have to top that or meet that. And I don't personally, I don't think that's, you need to know where you're comfortable at. Because as long as you show comfortability and as long as you show confidence, that's the sexiest thing. It's, it's not about how big your muscles are or how you're moved. It's more about what you're comfortable with and you going there confidently. Yeah. Um, I think personally What I think the hardest part is (laughs) Is just um, Staying like relatable In your day to day life Mm. Because you get so caught up In this nuance of being a go-go And the persona That like you kind of could lose Who you really are So keeping a good balance Of not letting the limelight Get to your head Is something I feel like Probably is the hardest part Because I've seen so many go-go boys Just get this huge head That they're this God's gift. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, girl, like... You yeah, know, that. Snap That's out of the delusion. Calm down a little bit. <laughs> snap out of the delusion. I,
0: you made two excellent points. You're really just, like, supplying all the best transitions for all my <laughs> questions, so I have to thank you for that. But um, the first one is what you talked about, like, being... Confident and comfortable in your own skin is going to make for the most successful Mm -hmm. go go or performance. And that is something that has been brought up on every episode we've done relating to like a queer subculture. So we've talked about leather, we've done ballroom, we've done drag. Love that. uh, And this is go go. That is the most common theme in all of those areas. So glad to hear because it's it's so true. Yeah, it's like you don't have to look any certain way to be successful. But if you're confident in yourself Mm. and you know what you bring to the table, that's going to get you where you want to go. Absolutely. Whether it's, you know, a leather competition. And you can apply that go-ko. to
1: any parts of your life. I honestly feel that way. Period. You should be able to.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, uh, I love that that's reinforced <laughs> across all areas. Um, and then the the second part that you brought up was kind of this idea of keeping the two parts of yourself separate. Or at yeah. least your your you know, in the daylight yeah. hours, like what you do, don't let, your go go overshadow that. So Absolutely. Do, do you, how, how do you how do you do that
1: practically for you? Practically for me, I think it's, I I was I've always been one of those people that keep things very separate. Mm. Um, like when I had two jobs and one of them were go going, I would keep them very separate because the merge of them it was two different, totally different people. Like when when I was Boy J and I was go going, there was a sense of like. I don't want to know, like, just glamour or, like, you know, delusion that you have to have to just be this on, like, on person all the time. But in your day-to-day, you get to be a little relaxed because I wasn't always the boss in those situations. So I would have to listen to someone. So staying humble and being able to just keep those separate lives and knowing when, okay, I am on, I do need to perform, I do need to have this aura about me and when sometimes it's just okay to chill and relax and and let someone else take the role yeah yeah
0: yeah it's giving a little um a Sasha Fierce and Beyonce uh,
1: yes a, like I'm gonna <laughs> she's my blueprint exactly. like everything she does I just think is so great so yeah right wow you hit it right there. so you can just like turn it on and be like
0: this is me now and this is what I'm here to do yeah. at the end of the night
1: if, I don't know like I know girls or people that are always on and they're always their character. And I always feel like they have like a, a demise. It may it may go up for a while, but like you're gonna break at some. You're point. gonna break because it's that fourth wall that they're mm-hmm. just not getting on the other side of and being able to look at themselves. They're just yeah. staying in their like character for so long. Yeah, just, I feel like they're gonna crack.
0: Yeah, and I and I <laughs> bet it makes you better to be able to like kind of take off that persona and look at it from a distance and yeah. evaluate it objectively and be like, do I like what I'm presenting as, you know, as the normal person that I am is what I'm giving when I'm this character mm-hmm. what I want. Because uh, when you're in it, it's really hard to, like, be... To edit yourself. Yeah, that's that would, that would make sense. Because, um, and Chloe said the same thing about drag. is like, and you touched on it earlier when you were serving, like, do you... How do you handle interactions where people are wanting... The persona but you're not wanting to give yeah. the persona like, yeah. what do you well,
1: i mean we are we are like these small niche celebrities so i feel like sometimes you kind of have to yeah but the professionalism comes in a big play when it's being like, okay, I can give them a little bit of it or I give them like a little wink or something be mm-hmm. like, yeah. What I used to do when people would be like, you're that guy from the river. And I would be like, what guy? What's his name? So like, if you tell uh, me I'm, I'm, I'm Boy J, then I'm like, yeah, I am Boy J. But if you can't even tell me name You're an actual fan. I'll right, reward like, you. You know what I mean? I used to yeah. love doing that because they'll be like, wait, I know you before. Who are you? You're that guy that pours water on stuff. I'm like. Where do I pour water on myself? Right. And they're like, oh my God, you do it at well, that, what um, that bar. was I And I'm like, you know, come on, tell me. Yeah. You give it to me. Like, yeah. if you really think you know who I am, then let's go. Like, I'll play the game. I love that. So that was kind of my way to like cut around it. Because if they didn't know where I work or they didn't know who I, like my name, then I was like, you don't really, like, what are you doing, girl? Yeah, yeah. like great <laughs> for you for trying make to make a connection, call. but it's not worth it. It's not
0: worth it. Yeah, so that kind of like talk brings us to like what you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. where it's Go-Going or, like, being the performance, like, club venue is a little overlaps with, like, the service industry, like, mm. waiting tables in that people have expectations of you and think they uh, deserve something yeah. from you. Uh, and a lot of times it's managing people's expectations uh, and kind of giving them what they want, but in a way that, like, works and is sustainable and makes sense. Uh, so... It, do you see that like similarity in in your day to day? Where like absolutely you might be performing and somebody wants to do something or give you something or say something, and you're like, yeah. "This isn't it. I gotta like hit, twirl away from this right now." <laughs> right. Like, how, how does what are some of those situations like, and how do you handle that?
1: Um, just like how I feel like people have high standards for me, I also have high standards for people. So, like, if you're going to come at me and you think you're going to, like, the girls love to, like, wave the dollar or do the Um, little, like, oh, I'm going to give you a dollar, but no, I'm going to take it back. mm -hmm. You know, we as performers, and it's so important to keep professionalism in mind when we have these moments because it is our job. And, like, for me, it's my only job. So, if I want to be good and keep my job, I have to stay professional. Yeah. I just can't think in my emotions and be raw, even though performing it kind of looks like it and it feels like it. But when those girls do that, you can kind of give them a little attitude back to be like, okay, I'm going to take your dollar. Now, I'm going to stand there with my hand open because I think you actually owe me another dollar. Yeah. And after she does that, I'm like, okay, girl, you actually owe me another dollar because you thought you were playing with me, but you're not. You know? So, it's always those little quirks and moments that can show to the environment and the world and people that are watching, like, okay, he's actually in control of the situation. Um, Recently, I had a video that went viral and it was someone, like, coming on stage while I was performing and literally, like, bear-hugged me. (laughs) Like, not really, like, attacked me, but definitely crossed the lines of, like, personal space. And he was totally intoxicated. And, like, the point of that was... Like, after he grabbed me, it was a total moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to, like, get out of this, still performing. Mm -hmm. Like, he kind of, like, fell to the ground, and I kind of, like, you know, displayed, like, okay, he's doing this thing. Like, girl, look what, he's making a fool of himself, you know what I mean? And then he, like, finally, like, got taken off the stage. It's one of those moments where he's kind of, like, you have to, while that video was going viral, so many people were talking about how calm I was. Mm -hmm. And the professionalism that I showed, like, even after he got off the stage, I had to finish performing. So... Even though that was a terrifying, crazy moment where someone crossed a lot of my personal, like, space, you still have to stay in control because I'm working. I'm still phrased forward. I'm still, like, being seen in the spotlight where what I can do can make or break me. Yeah. So you have to be in control of the moment at all times. Yeah, that that makes so much sense, and that's
0: always my favorite part of any of those types of videos because mm-hmm. they come across TikTok pretty often too, where like some drunk girl, clearly there for a bachelorette party, like yeah. jumps up on stage with the queen, and they just get shut down like effortlessly. Mm-hmm. But that's the joy in it is seeing how in control the
1: performers and are. Even the the bad ones where the when the performer isn't in control, those are and they're so cringy to watch. Right? You know oh, what I, mean? I get such second yeah, anxiety you know, like those. secondhand embarrassment because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, like this this isn't good for them. Either because we don't know what happens after the video records, it's only 15 seconds, but I'm sure there's always retaliation and things after that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. I honestly think that like big uh service industry companies like Starbucks should like make its baristas train with like live performers like drag queens or go-go (laughs) dancers to learn learn how to like manage customers that are like demanding things from you or doing things that are inappropriate and like because you all are so in control of the moment and are able mm-hmm. to, like, give them something else and make it them think it's what they wanted in the first place. Yeah. Or, you know, to, like, turn them being annoying with a dollar into, like, three more dollars. Yeah, because like, I'm
1: telling you, that trick, it never not works.
0: You're right, exactly. <laughs> it never
1: not works. And then it always makes them look silly and dumb because it's like, you wanted this moment? Here's your moment. Right. Give me more money to pay for that moment. Oh, I'll
0: give you attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that's so... It's so awesome that you're able to just like take whatever situation and and turn it into into what you want. Yeah. Um, is there any ever any awkwardness, especially being uh, like a male presenting drag performer? Uh, you show a lot of your body. Mm-hmm, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Do people ever f- like feel entitled to things? To touch?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. When you. Like you said, I'm I'm pretty much like kind of mostly naked a lot. Yeah. And I mean, I think it is very complimentary. If it feels good that they want to touch, but it gets to the point where it's like, oh my God, someone's always touching you in like mm. odd spaces. Like it's always like your butt or like you're like right next to your your higher thigh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like very like, mm, you, you in a sense see it's coming so, you kind of have to gauge it in your mind who's doing it with a intent, who's doing it with a predatorial intent, and who's just maybe just trying to get your attention or something yeah. like that. So, um, personally, I think it's annoying. I don't think you should ever touch somebody somewhere like that. But I understand that it's happening why it's happening. Yeah. So at least in my sense, because I've been doing it so long, I just feel like I have to gauge was, what was their intent? You know, yeah. was this actually someone just trying to touch me so that they could get like my attention or was it someone just trying to grab a field, cop a field? Then you have to know, okay, how do I address this person? Do I tell this person, Hey, don't touch me. Do I go to the security and be like, okay, this person needs to leave yeah. because there are certain times when it could be a woman. I've been in many situations where women have like came upon me really aggressive and like, I'm little and I'm gay and I'm like obvious gay. I'm not one of these like macho butch guys. So like when women come and hit on me, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cute. But like, girl, calm down. Like (laughs) you're barking up the wrong tree and you're doing it aggressively. So yeah, I mean, you have to gauge for yourself again, what we're talking about with what you're comfortable with and how confident you are to go to that extreme. Mm -hmm. If you do feel uncomfortable, then yeah, let that person know with your body and with your, with your words in a professional manner and if it if it excels and it goes farther then get somebody else involved you should never feel like you're the only person that is in charge of your body that can do something no there's management always around there should be security always around and nine times out of ten there's probably someone that's on your side and saw that as being disrespectful Mm -hmm. and a lot of times other people would check a person. You know what I mean? So, I love that too.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you probably have a little bit of, like, a spidey sense now. Yeah. Like, knowing in a crowd and, like, even if you're, like, accepting dollars from people, you know, in in your waistband or something, Mm -hmm. like, you can probably usually tell who is giving you dollars to, like, in a certain way to celebrate you or to, like... lure. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, On that note,
1: like, the... Is is go-go sex work? I I think so. We're selling a fantasy. At least the way I do it, there's different ways you can go-go. Yeah. I sell fantasy. Okay. You know, when I'm on that box or when I'm performing or something like that, like... I want to give you what you think is, like, the best thing in your life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's, like, the way I move or the way I touch myself or what I look like. Like, I'm just trying to sell you a fantasy. But just because I'm selling you a fantasy doesn't mean, like, your dollar implies that you get the fantasy. You know what I mean? It's very, like, cat and mouse.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You you really, like, kind of get the best of both worlds in Mm -hmm. that you're, like able to, because everybody likes attention and, yeah. and being praised for whether it's movement or aesthetic or whatever you're giving, uh, but you don't have to deal with the entitlement that, you know, people might have, you know, if, because, because you can give body and movement in like a, a traditional strip club or as a, a traditional sex worker, but yeah. you don't have the, the back end of the, yeah, the back end of yeah. the, the following through and all of that. <laughs> I, just interest, was, I was trying to find a better way to word it. and this the transaction,
1: a, maybe? Right, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah,
0: finish, yeah, completely the transaction, I guess, is a good way to put it. And and I, I want to clarify, like, I ask, Howard Brown is very sex positive and very sex work positive. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting how certain aspects of sex work are... Popularized or ex- more accepted within the queer community oh, than others, yeah. Um, and so it's interesting that you're like, yeah, like I'm, I feel like I'm a part of that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, do, are there, do you know other people within the go go world that would
1: argue otherwise? Um, I don't know. I would I would think not. Usually the people that I talk to when I bring up, you know, like a lot of us do like, sex work with the transaction, a lot of them do have OnlyFans. Mm. A lot of them do have, like, services that they provide, you know? That's what we talk about, again, going back to that comfortability with what you, your limits that you want to go. Yeah. Um. I do see myself as a sex worker, but I've never been one of those guys that right. had an OnlyFans or would do those things. And no, no way, shape, or form do I look down on those people. That's just not my avenue, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I said, I sell a fantasy, and a lot of times with fantasies, you don't really get, what it looks like And yeah. that's definitely What I'm selling Like you're What, what I'm selling Isn't up to buy Yes <laughs> It's just to be looked at and
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you It's priceless yeah. I'll, I'll include yeah. Um I'll include some links in the description just so people can get an idea of the type of performance that that you you. give. Yeah. Because, well, it's worth knowing to put this all into context that like when people picture go-go, they might picture one thing and I don't think what you do is very similar to that, which Mm -hmm. is why I asked you here because I think you have a a very valuable perspective on the world of go-going, performing, um, and, and, and everything like that. So, um yeah I'll I'll include those links and definitely go watch maybe don't watch it work I guess depends on what your work is Um, but just heads up Um, do you do you ever face judgment when you tell people what you do or did you face a little pushback when
1: you decided to go into this full time my parents still don't know what I do It's kind of cool because, like, my sister does, and, like, I sold merch last year. Yeah. I performed at Lollapalooza last year. I want some of that merch, by the way. Huh?
0: I said I want some of that merch, by the way. Is it it done?
1: Are you making more? I'm making more so that last push that we had, I'm not gonna do that design anymore. Okay. That's going into the archives. I have something else coming out. Vintage show. Should be coming <laughs> right. <laughs> it should be coming out soon before okay. winter time, definitely. Okay. Well
0: I'll be hitting you up for that. But please. your so your parents don't know?
1: Yeah, my parents don't know. Even like when I did stuff like palooza and all that stuff, like big That's monument huge. things. Yeah. My sister flew out. She saw it. My parents knew that we like were at palooza but they just kind of don't know that like I'm this, like, Mm -hmm. go-go boy. And I think it's, like, at least for me, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it is a lot of judgment, especially in, like, the gay society. Mm. You know, Hollywood and mainstream really took a hand on the gay community and pushed it to the forefront, which I... Appreciate and can see the good value, but sometimes the gay guys that they push to the front, that type isn't always so accepting of the lifestyle of the whole gay community. Yeah. So when you see those movies, like oh, you
0: can say cis white gays, like yeah, just because yeah. they're going to be the lead in the movie right. about the gay couple doesn't mean that that's representation uh, for the whole gay community for the
1: whole community, yeah. and it kind of sucks because like those guys kind of get valued higher yeah on the totem pole so like when you meet friends and they may look like that or you come across someone that's interested in you and they look like that you have to kind of be like okay when do I let him know that I'm a Mm go-go or like a drag queen or like a performer like that because especially in my case I'm not just your traditional go-go you know what I mean I'm not just your traditional drag queen so I can't say one or the other because then they'll come to my show and they'll see me and be like oh this is like Obscure. This is different. Yeah. You know, this isn't even what I thought. You know what I mean? So, you know, you get a little bit of a pushback and judgment, but that just that's life. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That that's kind of life. feeds into a similar thought and similar question that I talked about with Chloe within the mm. drag scene and maybe you'll echo it that like uh and you kind of already said it that w- you know, either white performers or white people in the industry Mm -hmm. can do less and receive more. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's true for Coco as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, because when you think about it from a marketing standpoint, and I got my degree in marketing, so like... Come on, marketing. yeah. Yeah, sometimes I just go straight to that. Like, if you're trying to cater to a business and you want your business to grow... For gay people, white cis males are the ones that come with the biggest pocket. So, who do white cis cis males like? Other white cis males. So, like, even if you're not a good dancer, even if you're not the hottest, if you're white, it's most likely you'll get that booking over me just because I'm black. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it's sad, but it's kind of like, at least in my mind, I'm like, I understand it from a business standpoint, but... It hurts, you yeah. know, because it's kind of like you're not even qualified. You don't even want this. You still have your your corporate job and whatever you do with this right, money. This probably, isn't this high is, stakes
0: for you. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. Yeah, I felt like um, this was is a, your
0: drinking money, and this, this is my career. this is my
1: rent. Yeah, <laughs> um, I really feel like Chicago has taken a turn for the best when it comes to prioritizing people, and at least entertainers that are booking other entertainers we see each other like we know okay this girl that's her job like or we can tell like oh you're not really into this for your passion you're just doing this as a hobby so like if you're doing this as a hobby and you don't put your everything into it then you're gonna get hobby gigs you're gonna get hobby gigs girl so i mean yeah okay
0: okay that's i mean that's that's good and it's refreshing that like things are Are looking up? Mm -hmm. Do you still at your level now? Feel like you get passed over?
1: No, good. I was (laughs) going to say you shouldn't be. (laughs) You
0: absolutely shouldn't be because you're literally backflipping over everybody else. So I don't. I don't see how that could ever be the case. (laughs) I was going to be really sad and flabbergasted if you said yes. Um, but that. But that's good. Yeah. There's. There's always that element again within every queer subspace mm-hmm. uh or queer culture um that you know I, I always like to see if you know how things are sitting yeah race wise if if it's encouraging or if there's you know because um, i just recorded uh or just posted an episode today on ballroom which mm-hmm. is not dissimilar um in terms of I feel like the athletics and the moves that you show are a yeah. little bit oh, uh, yeah. influenced by ballroom. But um, we were talking about, you know, I was like, if, uh, is that true for ballroom? They're like, honestly, it's the opposite. Like, we'd be more impressed uh, if a oh, oh, you know a white person came in and tried tried to compete. Yeah, and they'd yeah. have to work a little bit harder. I would
1: agree with, yeah. Uh, I would so that's true that. for
0: ballroom. But for that's ballroom. The, the only situation where I've heard it reverse. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I just always think it's interesting to think about that stuff. Um, let me um, see where we are with the rest of these questions. Um, <laughs> do you... What's what's your um, game, plan My going, game plan going forward?
1: Oh, I want to continue doing this for as long as possible. I'm... Um, I feel like this is what, like what I was made to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Even like I went to college to, for marketing and I don't use that in my like paperwork job. But like I use marketing so much when I like promote things or like when I'm thinking about how I'm going to present something like for Halloween coming up. I have this last year I was Mystique.
0: And oh before I my was, God, I remember yeah. saying that.
1: <laughs> before I was Mystique, I, my Cover up to show that I was like body painted as Mystique was that I was Spider Man and that was so brilliant because if you know Mystique she's a shapeshifter yeah and if you know Spider Man Mystique they're from the same like companies like Marvel right yeah yeah because yeah. X Men is part of Marvel mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. so like it was cool and I knew that like the people that was there would get it and understand mm-hmm. it and I feel like I used all those things that life has brought me in the past in this moment in drag, especially like, yeah, I just, I want to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I want to start competing a bit more in like five years. I want to do Mr. Continental. Um, I've gotten introduced to Continental and if you don't know what that is, it's like the biggest drag pageant in North America. Mm-hmm um i got introduced to that last year and it changed my life i didn't even see mail. i just saw miss continental mm. and how like glamorous it was and just like it was like the best of the best yeah. and it was so beautiful to watch and then this year i saw male i saw mr continental and like even that it was kind of like it was so cool but i was like there's no one like me up there you know Mm. what I mean and I was like and I think I have what it takes and I think in like three or four years when I'm a bit more polished and when I like have done my own type of competitions and situations like that like I'll be ready to compete with the best of the best and that's what I want like that title would just mean the world to me. so like I think that's kind of like where my my 10-year my five-year plan having a Mr. Continental title would just Put cherries on top.
0: Well, it could have fooled me. It seems like you're ready to compete with the best of the best. Um, but Thank you. Yeah, of course. First,
1: first, first. High, high time. I have one
0: more, like, slightly serious question that I thought okay. of. Um, you're, because aesthetics in, in your body are kind of a big part of what you do, and they mm-hmm. enable your athleticism and the tricks they are able to pull, mm-hmm. um, I know... Because like my, my boyfriend's in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of a similar thing where because so much of what you do is based off the way that you look, it you know the the tendency to kind of look negatively on your own body or oh, like yeah. what you're able to do or like I need I'm not allowed to eat this thing because I got to do that. Does that creep into this arena as absolutely, well? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Especially like um, in the summertime mm. when gigs are like back to back to back, and there's so many important dates and stuff like that you really push yourself to yeah. the extreme sometimes just to hit these like um non-realistic um body images that like other people project onto you right. um so yeah i've definitely felt the pressure to you know be a certain way or look a certain way um i hate going back to the whole like Comfortable and your limits to things, but but hey, we like, love a moral to the story. Yeah, you know? it's definitely if if I could push anything to anybody, and like especially for my story and how I got to where I was. It was because I was so comfortable and confident. Yeah. And I knew that, like, no, I'm not the biggest, buffest guy, but I will flex my arm as if I am, and it will look hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, those days where I do feel bad and I do feel like, oh, I'm not as big as I used to be, or, oh, like, my abs aren't cutting today. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, so? Mm. Get up and act like you're that girl anyway. Can I curse? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, like, I think Rihanna said it's like, if you don't wake up and feel like you're that bitch, go to sleep and wake up again, yeah, and, try again and be yeah. that bitch. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's and we say delusion, at least I feel like I do, and it has like a negative connotation. Sometimes I say delusion, it's not negative. Like there's good delusion. Sometimes yeah. that that me flexing when I know there's not that big of a muscle there is the delusion of me being like, it's gonna get here though. Like it's yeah, I'm gonna fake it till I yeah, make it, though yeah, and you fake it till you make it, and a lot of times. You make it quicker than you think with just faking it and believing it right. in yourself. And me being you know? negative. Like, mm-hmm. oh, being it's not negative, there. It's not there. Who a negative Nancy? Like, right. that's not going to get you anywhere. Thinking negatively about yourself has never got anybody anywhere. Gee. So, like, so what? You're not that girl you are that girl, just tell yourself you're that girl. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I love that sentiment. And I, I'll scrap the credit because I always end an episode saying like, what's the moral to the story? But I think it's clear <laughs> uh, at this episode that the the moral to the story with GoGo and with life, that yeah. being confident and owning yourself is is huge. huge. Um, one more, and then uh, we'll round things out. Um, how, did, how did COVID impact you?
1: Ooh, well... COVID was kind of my middle point and mm. when I talk about like when sometimes people are like oh what was that job or things like I feel like I really made the transition from go-going to drag during the web era mm. during the um like when we were on like Instagram lives and stuff like that it was so cool because like COVID it put us in a room so like you know you you had to be creative you had to like think outside the box and that's what drag really is yeah. so like when there would be um like those type of shows and stuff and opportunities for us to do it i would get so creative like i would still give like sex and hot but i would like go in the shower and like have a whole like shower scene and do stuff like that
0: you're gonna see all of the inside of my house right? here yeah. yeah
1: literally though i remember it was one time i did a show and like I had it, like, from the bed, like, angled up, so it kind of was, like, someone creeping over the bed, and I did, like, a whole performance, like, yeah. from that angle of the bed, and it was so hot and cool. So, like, COVID had a lot of bad things, but at least for me, it it put my career, like...
0: Yeah, it allowed you, you know, it kind of, like, pushed you outside the box and mm-hmm, forced you to think creatively about, mm-hmm. like, what your acts look like and and how to like really take them to the next level. And I don't
1: think I would have gotten that way if we were in the club still at that moment. I probably would have been still stuck, you know, dancing on a box, which I loved, but this like opened up my avenue and like really let me punch it in there
0: not to mention like when you're like working on location all the time you don't have time to like no. really think and put effort into like vamping stuff up mm-hmm, and and, mm-hmm. and and working you know different new elements and stuff so that's a, a good refreshing take on that because i know <laughs> i know for a lot of people the the pandemic like was real rough yeah, but i'm yeah. glad that uh in your case you came out the other side you know yeah, feeling it's, good it's
1: always a silver lining
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. Okay, last question, I promise. Um, <laughs> how how would you recommend we dig stigmatize sex work? Because I always think of, I'm mm. from like, uh, similar to Indian. I'm from Michigan. Okay. A small town, southwest Michigan. Yeah. And I always think about like my mom or like my like old teachers, like listening, uh, like very religious background. And so like, I don't. I always think of it in terms of like, how would I explain or like normalize a concept to them? Yeah. So with that in mind, like, to somebody who might not get it, how would how how do we destigmatize, you know, go go or drag or, or anything like that? I
1: think it is gonna sound so weird coming from me because I I'm the same person that said my parents don't know that I do it.
0: Yeah. Pardon the siren. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine.
1: But um, I think it's like not being ashamed. Yeah. You know. Oh. At least when I'm here, and sometimes, most times, especially now that I've doing this full time, I'm proud to say that I'm a go-go. Yeah. I'm proud to say, hey, I'm a I'm a sex worker. I go-go. I perform. I do drag, and that's who I am. And so it kind of takes away someone else being able to throw shame or project shame onto me. You can't do that to me because I'm already proud of who I am. Yeah. So I feel like if um. And I feel like a lot of people do. If a lot of go-go boys that are that are working in these corporate jobs, that they're like, "Hey, yeah, I can't work. I can't stay late today. I have a gig. I have to like go-go tonight." Like, we have to make it normal, and you just have to accept what someone else is doing in their life because it's their life, not yours.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah, because I mean, if if somebody is speaking negatively about you know go-go or sex work or whatever, it's yeah. like, well, they don't care that you think that, and then it just kind of takes all the wind out of their argument of like, mm-hmm. oh, well. Okay, then I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> like, they, if nobody cares what they're saying, then they're eventually gonna get the message and shut up. So, um, they would love that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, lastly, do you have like recurring gigs, or if people are in Chicago, what's the best way Absolutely. for them to find out where they can see you?
1: If you want to see me, um, I'm always on the. World Wide Web. Um, you can find me on Instagram at boyj underscore. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Non-Automatic. I'm at the river every single Sunday for the best drag show in Chicago. You can drag me to the river at the river. That's in um, Sheffield, like on the other side of Boys Town. Um, lately, I've been hosting a lot of gigs at DS Tequila. So if you're looking for a new entertainment, like a new vibe, somewhere new that's up and coming, that has like great food, even better drag and, like, just a great atmosphere, DS Tequila has been really, like, putting themselves out there as the new bar. So, yeah, get into it. Get I love tacos that. Get some and drag. I know. I need... I, there, I've seen
0: DS's parties, and I need the to... The late night yeah. has been
1: so much fun. Okay, yeah.
0: I need to get out there and, and, and mm-hmm. do that, but I will, I think I'm actually have a reservation for the river <laughs> this weekend or next weekend?
1: On the October, I'm actually hosting, so it'll be, okay. like, my first time, like, oh, that's on thing. the mic getting cute yeah. with the girls and performing. So, yeah, if you're in, if you're available, like, okay. come on the 16th You mean I October. can't get my dollars from you then? <laughs> that's
0: sad. Okay. Well, there you go. You, uh, I'll, I'll also include links to, to all of Jalen's uh, stuff in the description description In case anybody's curious and, and, and wants to follow, but thank you so much. Thank um, you for um, me. This is really uh, inspiring to hear. You know that the the thread of loving yourself and being confident can take you to success, not only in, in go go and drag, but throughout life. So throughout life. I love it. I love it. Thank you for your time, Jalen. Thank you for having me. And that has been our episode about GoGo. If you're interested in any of the resources that we talked about on the episode, you can visit www.howardbrown.org for more information. Thanks for listening.